This podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. Greetings, you bad motherfuckers. It's Monday, the 21st of November. The joint is brought to you by The Freeze Pipe. I'm dreaming of an ice-cold Christmas, a beautiful cold Thanksgiving with Freeze Pipe. You freeze it, you pack it up, and you smoke one until your fucking eyeball pops out. The hot smoke passes through the frozen part, cooling down the smoke as you inhale. I love my little Freeze Pipe. I love my little bubbler. I love my little freeze pipe bung. Freeze pipe is non-toxic, freezes faster than water, and stays frozen a lot longer. Freeze pipe cools down the smoke by hundreds of degrees. Now, freeze pipe is even better. They've updated their bungs, so they have six independent freezing calls for even better airflow and much easier cleaning experience. You know what I like about these guys? They even got a 2023 edition. Every year they get better. So your Uncle Joey's taking care of you on this one. Go to thefreezepipe.com, press and code Joey to save 10% off your first order. Get yourself a new bong, pipe, or bubbler today. That's thefreezepipe.com, press and code Joey to save 10%. The joint is also brought to you by CBD Lion. Listen, these guys are the best. I've been working with these guys for years. And they never seem to fucking not impress the shit out of me. Whether it's the kinesiology tape, the cream, the, the fucking bath balls. And now they got the fucking uh, Delta 8 gummies. Listen to me. You got to go with them. And I'm going to give you some fucking motivation. 35% off this Friday. Black Friday at CBDLion.com. Go to CBD Lion. Read the third party lab results. And fucking get your life situated. The tincture is out of this fucking world pressing code joey joint or church and get 35 fucking percent off at cbd lion i'm fucking excited already let's get this party started on a monday fucking morning here happening you bad motherfuckers it's monday the 21st motherfucking thanksgiving week jack it's this is fucking real this year has uh flown the fuck by before i even start saying anything i want to I, I don't know what the fuck happened sunday night in colorado springs saturday night some fucking guy went crazy in a gay bar took a fucking gun or whatever you know i saw that sunday morning when i woke up and i gotta be honest with you guys like as Something that always bothered me was I had to take a test in 19, like 92, like a, a parenting test. 
and the results came back that I had no empathy, and that always fucking bothered the hell out of me, you know? Like, who the fuck doesn't have empathy? Like, I don't know if it was a fix. I don't know what the fuck it was. But I'm the type of guy, when I read something like that, no matter what it is, like the next morning, whether it's Buffalo or Uvalde or whatever the fuck it is, you always think about those people the next morning. Like, I can't imagine having a son, and I get a call at 4 in the morning that some guy walked into a bar and shot him. And you got to go down there and identify him and find out what the fuck happened. Nobody's giving you answers. And then on top of that, it's fucking Thanksgiving week. It's, it's, it's horrible, you know, having to bury somebody on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I don't know what's going on in the world. I, who the fuck knows anymore? We, you know, we're just lucky that uh, we don't get in a situation like that. I pray for people to never get in a situation like that. And it hit home because one of the guys that comes on the podcast, one of my dear, dear friends, Eric Rocha, he's gay, and he's from Colorado Springs, so... I called him last night. I didn't get an answer from him. I just, you know, hey, listen, man, I'm not Johnny fucking therapist, but something like that happens. It hits close to home. You know, you got to reach out and say hello. How you feeling? You know, everybody takes everything differently. You know, not that he was going to be in Colorado Springs. He lives in L.A., but that could happen anywhere. You know, and, and what kills me is like later on that night, like Sunday night, I, I went out and I can't, got back. And right, something on Twitter or something that they, you know, right away this comes days after the Republicans. I mean, I'm sick and tired of everything getting politicized anymore. You know, everything's got a political agenda anymore. Everybody's got a conspiracy theory. You know, it's uh, it's crazy what the fuck is going out there. You know, if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're intelligent, if you're not intelligent, you got to ask yourself what the fuck is going on from time to time. You know, the other day on Patreon, one of my friends on Patreon sent me, uh, one of the guys on Patreon, good guy, he's been on there for like a year, sent me a YouTube clip, and he's like, have you seen these, you know, and you go on there and you see uh, fucking two guys I've never even saw before on a podcast, just destroying Burt Kreischer, like just destroying Burt Kreischer about the movie he's doing or the movie, the trailer came out or something yeah. like that. And listen, whether you liked it or fucking not, I mean, the movie hasn't even come out yet. And there was two kids trashing Bert that the movie sucked. Look at this. Look at that. And I'm like, I don't even know these two guys. They had to be like 25 or whatever, but just trashing fucking Bert and his movie. And I'm like, you know, I'm his friend and I didn't even call him up and go, Bert, that fucking trailer or whatever. I, it's just crazy. I'm looking at it and going, who the fuck wakes up in the morning? You wake up, you fucking, John Leguizamo's at war again, this time with Steven Seagal, you know. And it's like, guys, you know, all of a sudden, like fucking, uh, everybody who's putting out a book lately has got to trash somebody. You put out a book, this guy from Friends with the Pills, he's trashing fucking Keanu Reeves. The chick put out a book, she's trashing fucking this guy. It's like everything that comes out is to trash somebody now. It just can't be fucking, it just can't be like a book. Like, this is what happened to me in my fucking story, and uh, this is what I'm going to fucking stick to. You know, right away we got to go throw a, a dag at somebody or something. Listen, I'm the king of that shit. I love busting people's balls, and I love to have a good time. But I'm not going to write a book to dedicate it to just throw little digs. But here's the funny thing, guys. Just so you know where this comes from. Just so you know where this comes from. When those people go in to pitch those books, and I, I got to tell you, this is going to make you laugh. 
I had about four meetings with different publishers before I sold the book, you know. And a lot of them were like, well, we didn't really want to talk to you because of what happened with Rogan on the podcast and, you know, the blowjobs. And I'm like, you know, wow, this is uh, surreal. Like, that's going to fucking take my chances of, of fucking selling the book, you know. But anyway, I got to be honest with you, man. The bigger publishing companies, they didn't give a fuck about my story. They really didn't. They were like, and they mentioned specific fucking names. Like, can you tell us any dirt on this guy? You know, you being in Hollywood for 23 years. That's what they want. They want, you know, that's what they want. They'll even give you an extra fucking 100,000. Like, have you, have you ever seen the movie Molly's Game? About Molly, the, the chick that was in charge with gambling. It's a bullshit story. It's got to do more with Spider-Man and Leonardo DiCaprio being part of a game. But Molly's, uh, whatever the fucking name of the movie, Molly's Game, Molly's Book, whatever the fuck it is, she talks about it. She goes, when they offered me the book, the reason why I had such a low uh, guarantee, they call it like a deposit, whatever the fuck they really call it, was because that's what they ask you. They go, are there any juicy fucking details in there? You know, we know, like they even did their work. Like, they, do you have more to add on Whitney Houston? I mean, they just had questions and I'm like, no, because that's not what the book is about. The book is about a loser that was a loser that was a loser, and then somewhere he got lucky and he fucking became a comic, and next thing you know, he's on stage with Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. That's what the fucking book is about. But a lot of people don't know that, that when you uh, sell a book, especially if you're one of those people, like a tell-all book, like if I fucking call somebody tomorrow, like a book publishing company, and I want to tell you everything I know about this thing that happened, and I give you... Uh, you know, they'll ask for fucking proof that you have information and all that. Dog, your fucking advance is ginormous. So whenever you see these ads for people, oh, Gina Davis put out a book and she's trashing fucking scumbag and fucking, uh, you know, uh, the guy from Friends, whatever his fucking name is, Chandler, put out a book and he's fucking, you know, he's blaming his addiction on the dumbest fucking things in the world. I, I just... I can't even read that shit, but I know where it's coming from. So now you people know that when that shit goes down, they gave him some extra money. He sold his fucking soul. Me, I didn't want to fucking sell my soul. I've sold it enough. I didn't want to start with this shit. But that's what's fucking going on this week, man. I'm excited. This weekend, I had a fucking blast. You know, we've been all looking... I go to jiu-jitsu as a hobby. I'm not a fucking fighter. I'm not planning on fighting nobody. I don't fly through the air no more. I don't do, you know. I, I do the best I can, guys. But I go to jiu-jitsu just to stay healthy. It's more of a, of a social thing for me. Like, I go there and see people and talk to people my age and younger. You know, you wrestle, you're fucking sweaty, the whole thing. But it, it's a hobby. It's a hobby that I've never fucking had. Like, my hobby was comedy. That's all I fucking knew. For the last 40 years, my my hobby was to watch movies, study them, and then I became a comic, and I went after that. So that was my fucking hobby. So me and my wife were talking a couple months ago, like, we just need some shit. You know, we need something going on in our life. My wife went back to work last week a couple days uh, just to do something. You know, there's days my wife will say something to me and I go, that's the mind of somebody who ain't working. Because if it's something that small, you wouldn't fucking worry about it in a big fucking world, you know? So uh, she started working, but something else, they called her from the rec center and they asked if she wanted to coach girls basketball. 
And she was like, sure. So she put a team together with my daughter and some of the girls from softball. I went to the practice last Wednesday. I did not know what to think. Guys, you know I'm a basketball guy. That's my world. Before I became the biggest loser in the world, I, I love I love basketball. I loved it, and then I was somebody broke me freshman year, and I never played again. It's a fucking shame, you know. I mean, I played pickup games as I got older, and I gambled playing basketball on myself. We hustled people, but I never played uh, whatever no more. And that always weighed on me. That weighed on me for fucking years. That was like a. Uh, it was more like something that I never wanted to do again, you know? And when I quit basketball, I walked away from it. I walked away from it. My, uh, I played my freshman year. And then by February or March, I got into smoking dope and partying big. And I'm like, I'm not going to play basketball. I'm not going to take this shit. You know, either I start or I'm not going to fuck it. I wasn't willing to work, you know? And I quit. And I walked away from it and I saw the kids that I played with and came up with, become varsity basketball players. And I got to tell you something, guys. It wasn't my mother's death at the time. It wasn't that I was confused. It wasn't that I was doing drugs or I was a criminal. One of the things that weighed me down the most was just quitting something. That has such a fucking weight on you that if you don't give a fuck, you know. And then once you start quitting things, guys, it builds a pattern for you to quit everything. It gives you an excuse. That's it. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. Uh, you know, you ever meet those people? What happened to your job at the, oh, the guy was an asshole. What happened to your job at the window place? Oh, they wanted me to work nights. What happened to your job at the bartending place? Ah, oh, the guy wouldn't let me fucking drink on the job. You, you ever meet those people? Those are the people that always fucking quit when the going gets tough. And guys, I was one of those motherfuckers. Like I said before, why did I get into comedy? I got into comedy because I tried everything the fuck else. I was a cook. I was a bartender. I was a roofer. I fucking laid railroad ties. I, you know how many of those jobs I walked away from after like an hour? <laughs> like the same for me. This is too much work. Like I'm not doing this. I don't need to do this. I could sell an eight ball. That was my fucking attitude for years. And it was made to me available to me by quitting basketball it was just something and guys i was never a fucking quitter it was just something i didn't like how i was treated i didn't like that they wanted me to fucking work i didn't like that they wanted me to prove myself and i was i guess somewhere in my in my heart i thought i was above that and i just walked away from it and looking back i, I talked about this in the church in the very beginning that i had quit fucking masonry I was a roofer. You know, when I was a roofer, I was a little older, and I didn't quit. Uh, my, my wife dumped me, so I lost my fucking family job. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I quit roofing. I would have still been roofing. But I quit. I kept quitting shit, and it was all due to that one basketball fucking season when I just go, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. And I tell you guys, it ate fucking away at me, and I think that's the reason why it took me so long to get on stage. That's the reason why it took me so long to propose to my wife, because I always wanted to make sure. You know, when I got out of prison and I got put in a halfway house, I was infatuated with fucking Andrew Dice Clay. I was infatuated with Andrew. I was infatuated with Kennison. I was infatuated with Bill Hicks. I mean, I was just infatuated. And I'm like... The last thing I wanted to do, honest to God, was to go down to Comedy Works, get on stage, 
and me not like it. That was fucking fearful as fuck. Because if you don't think I thought about that at that time, I was fucking 25 years old. I had nothing going on for me. I was a felon. And now I'm about to put something else on my fucking shoulders, which in my mind, I thought I could never do. So part of my fear to get on stage was that if this didn't work out, I was going to be in a tough fucking position. This was going to get tough for Uncle Joey. I would have had a fucking uh, double up. on. I just didn't know what it was. And I like to work, guys. I like the fucking gift of working hard. I like outworking people. I love fucking outworking people. You know, I love all that shit, but it was just so fucking difficult for me to do anything because I was addicted to coke and everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You want me to work eight hours at 10 bucks an hour? and I'm going to make $80, I can make 100 selling an eight ball. So that was the stupid excuse I would give to me to fucking legitimize why I would quit whatever the fuck I did. And guys, I had opportunities that most people would pray for. Pray for. I was thinking about an opportunity I had back here in 1984. Uh... You know, I had I had worked at a lumber yard when I was a kid, and I picked up some good fuck. Like I knew some shit from that lumber yard. I mean, I really fucking did. It was a part time job for me, but you know, I had nothing else going on. And when I went in, I mean, I was going to school, but when I went into that fucking hardware store, I learned my shit: galvanize screws, fucking door jams, fucking saddles for electricians, plywood, fucking marine plywood. I fucking knew it all. So I got a job at Mazback Sunny Hardware when I quit high school to, to support myself and my stupid drug habit. And after that, I fucked around for a few years. I was thinking about this job the other day. I got a job offered to me with no high school diploma, no GED at the time. I just went in there, bullshitted them, and I was experienced enough. And I got a manager's training program at Mazback Warehouse in like fucking, I like to say like East Rutherford or something like this. This was 1984, summer of 84. You want to you wanna kick yourself in the head? You ready for this one? It was a 40-hour week at a desk. Uncle Joey got a desk job as a salesman and helping people order, like, you know, just a, a salesman. And then I worked overtime in the warehouse. They would let me work 20 hours a week overtime at the warehouse at like 20 bucks an hour. Okay, 20 bucks an hour. at It's like 400 fucking bucks, okay? Plus the fucking, like 16 I was making in the daytime. I still remember not having the money to go get a fucking dress shirt. Like a dress shirt. But here's where it got weird. My days off were Monday and Wednesday. I liked the Wednesday. I liked the Monday. I wasn't crazy about the Wednesday, but the opposite of that was I had to work on Saturdays and Sundays. The first week I worked, I worked, you know, Tuesday. I think I trained the first week, and it was fucking superb. The first week I had like a marvelous fucking week, but I worked Monday through Friday. The following week I came in Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and it was like July 10th or something like that, and all my friends were going down the shore on a Saturday. And I was like, come on, man. So I called the guy up, and I made some excuse about Saturday morning. He's like, don't worry about it, just coming Sunday. 
I got to go down to shore and come back and jump up and down at the Equaloos, and I went into work that Sunday. And Sunday was brutal because my friends were going back to the shore like Montego Bay to eat more quaaludes and jump up and down. I'm like, fuck this. That Saturday I went in there and I was the only salesman there on a Sunday. Like, uh, what am I fucking doing in here? So that Monday I scrambled. I went in there Monday and I'm like, listen, guys, I came Saturday. I had a problem. Sunday I came in here and fucking, uh, you know, it was like a ghost. The phones didn't ring. It's the summertime, guys. Is there any fucking way until the winter can we just... I'll work the whole fucking week. I'll work Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to fucking 10 at night. I, I didn't give a fuck at that time. I just want my weekends off. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? I'm here to talk to you about DraftKings. Tonight, you got Arizona playing San Francisco over and under 43 and a half fucking the line is i think uh eight san francisco's laying eight it all starts with fucking DraftKings, the best the official sports betting partner of the fucking nfl new betters bet five dollars to win 150 in free bets and right now we got fucking same game parlay boost that'll make your fucking asshole hairs burn on fucking fire every leg you add you make more fucking money it's that simple at DraftKings, and don't forget to fuck around with their prop bets i love their little prop bets when you download the sports betting app look at these little glasses that they have every night it's like uh this guy to win this guy to have a fucking run uh, score two touchdowns bet those you can bet ten dollars win up to 80 90 200 DraftKings. so download the DraftKings sports betting app right now and start today bet five dollars tonight and win 150 in free bets when your team wins but it starts with you download the DraftKings sportsbook app use code joey j-o-e-y only at DraftKings code joey minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details now back to the fucking podcast. Download DraftKings, cocksuckers. I just want my fucking Saturday off so I can snort some coke and jump up and down with my fucking friends. The guy goes, listen, I'd love to accommodate you, but these are the rules. I guess I'll see you this weekend. It all works out, brother. This is a great job. Insurance, fucking benefits, pension. I mean, fucking free insurance. This is when they used to give you free insurance, dental, toe jam insurance, asshole insurance. You had everything. Eyeball insurance. And uh, I worked that those three days, and that Saturday, I fucking just said, I'm not doing it. I kicked myself in the ass for that job for years. And shortly after that, maybe four months after that, I was fucking homeless. That was the beginning of the homeless. So how much do you think I was kicking myself in the ass in that rocket ship for walking away from that job? Because of Saturdays, because I couldn't work Saturdays. Oh, my God. How will I get my life together? I can't work fucking Saturdays. That is the most immature, dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. But I did it. I did it. That's the type of quitter I was. I had... 10 of those fucking jobs. My buddy got me a longshoreman book. I went one time and unloaded bananas. Left, like in the <laughs> afternoon. Left. I got bit by a spider or something like that. 20 bucks an hour. My other friend got me a job at APA loading trucks. I went there with a fucking eight ball. I loaded three trucks. I sold a gram and I got the fuck out of there. You know, this was, guys, this was constant. I was America's biggest fucking quitter at every fucking level of the game. It was, it was uh, pathetic. And I still remember holding off, holding off. The only, then I didn't quit that job in prison. That's the only job I didn't quit. 
I kept that job for the six, seven, eight months that I was there as the fucking warehouse supervisor driver. That's the only job I couldn't quit because if you quit, they put you in the fucking cell now for 24 hours. So I was like, fuck it. I got to maintain this job. So when it came to stand-up comedy, I was like, if I try this and I quit with this felony, I am officially fucking done. 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 And I was like, okay. And I waited, and I waited, and I made double fucking sure. And thank God it all fucking worked out when I walked off that stage. I was like, well, when I walked off that stage, I quit. But it wasn't quitting comedy. It was quitting my fucking day job. I'm like, I got to get out of this fucking job now. How am I going to fucking do comedy with this job? But I stuck with the comedy. And I stuck with it when it was fucking the toughest yeah, when you're an apprentice, you got to go get coffee and you got to dig fucking trenches and you got to fucking pick up trash around the job and you got to fucking, you know, when you're a prep cook, you got to cut. And, you, and for the first year, you cut three of your fucking fingers off. You walk around like a Yakuza. You know, you have to pay your fucking debts. And that's when I was giving up. I refused to pay my fucking debt to something. With comedy, I had, I had it just got so fucking old. It just got so fucking old. I had another job fucking uh, shoveling snow. Not the 13 an hour with a... I used to shovel snow for 13 bucks an hour, but it was like a hand shovel. And I was really casing out joints in Snowmass Village. But then I got a job fucking shoveling like in a little fucking truck, like a little high-low and shit. They gave me like two grand for clothes. I think I bought a T-shirt. They gave me two grand for winter clothes. Like... Yeah, like I was working in a fucking plow. They they wanted me to get a bodysuit with heaters in it and shit. They gave me two grand advance. They they take it out of your check. I just went and bought Coke and bought like a T-shirt, like a fucking thermal T-shirt. I remember going the first time. The guy's like, where's your jumpsuit, man? That's like a $500 jumpsuit. Where is it? We gave you money. I'm like, ah, I lost the check, you know, whatever. That job was like fucking 65000 a year. And guys, it was the winter the winter that means if i would have had that job year round i would have made a buck fucking 30 as a loser Sixty-five thousand in the winter november december january february march sixty-five thousand dollars. i fucking did it one night they came to my house they beeped the horn i was coked up i gave them the finger out the window that was enough of that i was a volunteer firefighter Guys, over three, if I, I, you know what? That's my project for next week. It's going to be kind of quiet. I'm going to write jokes and shit. <laughs> I'm going to write out every fucking job I quit and then put them, post it somewhere on Instagram. You guys will fucking die. And the quality of fucking jobs that I walked away from. Yeah, I walked away from a lot of like fucking, you know, you know, short order hamburger maker, shit that anybody could do by fogging into a fucking glass. But guys, I walked away from jobs that most people, People would go, Joey, are you fucking kidding me? And not only that, I was a felon. I was a fucking dropout. I was a coke fiend, and I was still getting these jobs. When that Stu Finer job that I got, do you know how much that Stu Finer job paid you? Do you have any fucking idea how much the sports betting service, how much money you make off that shit? I made $60,000 December of 94. $60,000 in December of 94. 
I did it 92. And then they fired me at the end of 92 because I was just going in there with tissue papers in my nose. I swear to God, I would just walk in there with two tissue papers coming out of my nose like fucking Dracula. And they would go, Joey, you can't snort coke in here. I'm not snorting coke. I'm absorbing the coke from last night. And then I would take the tissue out and put it in my mouth like a fucking, uh, like a fucking uh, a pouch. But you dip in your fucking, in your mouth. It's just, guys, craziness. But it was all attributed to me letting my, like, okay. I just fucking quit. And I'm with comedy guys. I had to think about this before I told you. I probably quit comedy 50 times the first two years. Because it's always like I just bombed a whole week straight. Never mind bombing one show in front of people. That's okay. You can live with that. How do you take a week-long bomb? Like, think of getting on stage Monday night bombing, Tuesday night bombing, Wednesday night bombing, Thursday night bombing. Maybe one joke worked. You had bright one bright spot. You fucking uh, made a stupid improvised joke, and one of your jokes made people giggle. Some stupid joke you wrote. Friday night bomb. By fucking Saturday, you're like crying to yourself. <gasps> if I don't get a laugh tonight, I'm done. I'm fucking quitting this shit. Well, that, that would be me on the coke and on the fucking alcohol the night before. I can't take these bombs anymore. I got to do something. And I would fucking sit there with the Judy Carter book and fucking fat tire and fucking cocaine. And I'd try to write fucking Joe. It was terrible. But the whole night, I'd be fucking, I'm quitting. I'm quitting after tonight. I don't need this shit. I'd start looking at the jobs in bold. And then fucking the next day, I'm like, where am I getting? up on stage tonight thank god i am so fucking happy that i didn't let my pussy ass shit take over the fu but it all goes back to and i always say this guys best day of my life was the day my mother died because it toughened me the fuck up to no end i went from fucking zero to hero not that i had done anything but i understood what life was you know when you're a kid you walk around like what's rent you know what's a, <laughs> what's the gas bill what's you know, mom, can I buy that sweatshirt? Not even thinking it's $20. When your fucking parents dying, you're alone in this fucking world. You learn fucking quick. I was like, okay, this shit is fucking quick now. But I had that little pussyism from having a, a Latino mom that, you know, oh, it's going to work out. Your next game. No, there ain't no fucking next game, bitch. It's this game where I should have fucking done what I was supposed to. And that's what the problem is with those lenient moms. It's like, oh, he did okay. No, he fucking didn't. He scored in the opposing fucking basket. That's not okay. You know what I'm saying? You got to work with that fucking retard. He can't be doing shit like that. And uh, that was my thing. My mother had me fucking soft as fuck. So when I quit, when she was alive, I didn't even tell, like, did you play bad? Like, oh, I was always getting tortured for playing basketball. My black people would come out, hey, you can't dribble the ball at six in the morning. You know, all this shit. I'm like, now nah, you're fucking happy. I'm not playing no more, cocksuckers. But I tell you, quitting is fucking one of the worst habits you could get yourself involved in. One of the worst. One of the fucking worst. Because you'll quit everything. You'll quit relationships. It makes you quit jobs. It makes you quit opportunities. You'll quit bands. You quit everything. You don't have the ability to sit there and go, okay, this is what needs to be done, and I have this time. Listen, guys, that's maturity. That's fucking maturity. It's like I always say, when you're 20 years old, when you're 18 years old and you're graduating college, uh, high school, and somebody comes to you and says, join the service. You can retire in 20 years. You're like, fuck that. 20 years is too long. 20 years ain't shit. 
20 years ain't shit. Think about if you're 18 years old and you're fucking getting out of the army at 38, five, $6,000 a month pension, college education, and you go get another fucking job now and keep your fucking pension. So even if you make four grand a month with the five you're getting from the government, you're not fucking, you're fucking, you ain't missing any goddamn meals. You're not, you're really not missing no fucking meals. So it's, uh, you can't look at things like that. It's like comedy when I tell people, and this, I read it all the time. People send me emails, you're wrong. Comedy doesn't take that long. It just took you that long because you're a loser. Okay. Okay. Uh, whatever. I, I'm, I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I've, I, I see people who are stuck for five or six. Because here's the other thing with comedy, why you don't want to quit. And why you don't want to quit anything, okay? Because when you start doing, listen, what do you think? When I go to jujitsu, I'm down there sweeping people and submitting people. Uh, I'm stuck half the fucking time. I don't know what I'm doing. And there's tons of days that I say to myself, you know what? I'm fucking about to be 60. Why am I here? Why am I here? And I won't let myself quit. Even if I just go in there and make it through the fucking warm-ups, I will not make my, let myself quit because it's something you cannot do. You have to stick with it. It's like people who quit diets. How many diets did I fucking quit over the years? You talk shit on a Sunday. This week, I'm going to eat salads. And then the fucking Tuesday morning, you're eating an ice cream bar at 8 in the morning. You know, with Weight Watchers, I stuck it out. But that all went back to stand-up comedy and learning that 10 years is not a long time. Think about it. Think about if I said to you, you could have this in 10 years. These are the things you could have in 10 years if you stay healthy. You're not going to be a millionaire, but you're going to have security. You're going to be able to pay your rent. You could be able to take your girlfriend on a trip anytime she wants to fucking go. You know, that's what gets my dick hard is that I don't want to be rich, but I want to. I, I don't want to go. Fuck! I wish I had money for a fucking hot dog. I did enough of that over the fucking years, where you wished you had money for anything. So it's just uh, don't let yourself quit at any fucking level, guys. I mean, it ruined my fucking life for ten years, you know. And even after the fucking stand-up comedy, I think I did some uh, creepy things like just day jobs that I didn't show up to, or construction jobs that I ended up just robbing a hammer and quitting and I was you know it snowed here on the east coast this weekend uh whatever it snowed up in 77 inches up and in whatever and it's been cold it's been really fucking freezing the last couple of days here in Jersey and a couple of nights ago I had to take a ride somewhere and I had to drop some off in my friend's mailbox and I pulled up and there was no parkings and I went over to fucking I went over a thing of leaves, you know, and I thought about Tony Soprano when his fucking son, when the fucking car blew up or whatever, the, the Nissan truck, the utility vehicle blew up because you have a, a catalytic converter over uh, uh, a bunch of leaves. And I was laughing. <laughs> I was laughing about the scams I was doing when I first got into comedy. Like, not when I first got into comedy, like from 94 to 95 and a half. I, uh, it was the big Latin boom in Denver. So all the car dealers were looking for uh, Latin salesmen, you know, Spanish salesmen. Now I had, you know, I had a pretty good reputation selling cars in Boulder and whatnot. So I had a, like a pseudo cousin who told a bunch of people in Denver about me. This kid speaks Spanish, he's Cuban, he's a comedian. So he could do your advertisers. You're not gonna believe this fucking story. So for about 
from, I, and I, I wish I was kidding you guys, from the time I landed in Denver, which is October of 93, November of 93, to uh, June of 95, I had no money for a car. I used to borrow the car from the uh, from the deli. They had a delivery car that used to have, what do you call those things that pulls and it has a hook at the end to seal it down. Like if you, you put a TV in the, bungee a bungee cord, that's how you close my door, <laughs> with a fucking bungee cord, okay? If you made a fucking sharp left, the door opened up. A uh, sharp right, the door opened up. I got all those stories for you motherfuckers, okay? I don't want you to think that, you know, there was a Mercedes Benz one and then. So I went back there and I'm fucking driving this car and shit like that. I don't even know. Oh, and my cousin said to me, you know, these people, Douglas Toyota, uh, Rocky Mountain Nissan, John Elway, and let me tell you something, I picked them all apart. Every month, every six, every fucking 10 weeks, I'd be at a new dealership. And this is my deal. $5,500 draw, a new car to drive. And the commercials. I have to shoot commercials for like, uh, you know, Latin. I love to find those fucking commercials that I did. They are god awful. But the first one I did them for was Douglas Toyota. So you would shoot these stupid commercials. Hello, me llamo José Antonio Díaz. Estoy aquí en Douglas Toyota, donde se venden Toyota de todos los precios. You know the whole fucking deal. And then people come in and ask for you. Holy shit, guys! Was I fucking making money? But I would take these comedy gigs, and then I would have to go to the people and go, hey, I got to do this gig, I got to leave. You can't leave. If you leave, you're fired. Done. Right there. When they say you're fired, I go, okay. And I get on the phone right there at that dealership, and I call the other dealership and go, hi, do you need a Latin department? Yes, we do. Who am I speaking with? Joey Diaz. I'll be there tomorrow morning. I would go over there for fucking a month, and I would ask him for two drawers and shit. They'd give me a car. Guys, I did this every other month. Some guy gave me $1,000. Some guy gave me 1500 to start. You know, I get an advance at the videos. It was, this is fucking being an open micer guy. This is what you need to do when you pay your bills and shit. And they kept putting it. But the night that I still die about was, I went to work for a dear friend of mine. A friend of mine called me in uh, Elwayville. He lived out in uh, maybe Lakewood. That was the name of it, Lakewood Jeep Eagle. It was one of those, uh, Bob, the guy owned like 20 fucking dealerships in Colorado. And my friend Jim Handy, the same guy who talked me into comedy. I got to give him a fucking call. Reached out to him and he goes, hey, I'm, I'm over here running this thing. Come out here. And I go, Jim, that's all the way out in Lakewood. I need a fucking car. He goes, "Come, just come pick whatever fucking car you want. So I went out there the first day. I took one of those Jeeps and shit, you know, those nice four-door Jeeps. Nice fucking pieces of shit, the door would fall off. I remember one day I was selling one of those things in New York, and the passenger was in the driver's side, and I went to get out, and guys, I was 185 pounds at the time. It was 1990, yeah, 1993, I was probably 215, and I'll never forget that I grabbed on the thing to get out of the car, and the whole ceiling fucking came down the car. I was like, holy shit, I'm not selling this car. But this is, this is the best ever. So I go to work for my friend Jimmy, and I have a, I'm working for this guy named Bill Bauer. Bill Bauer was a solid fucking booker. He owned a motorcycle shop in uh, in uh, Fort Collins, maybe, or one of those, uh, Greeley. And he booked his part-time gig. He wasn't a comic. His part-time gig was booking these shows in Wyoming and fucking hell places. Places where you never even dream of going, but he would find a barn, 
and pack it up. And when I tell you, they were barns, guys. It was like you could smell the chickens and shit. But he paid. He paid, and it was stage time. Who the fuck am I to? But one of my best nights ever, I went up there to the gig, and they're talking snow and shit like that. And it was one of those. Mitsubishi had the Eclipse. So Jeep Eagle had the matching car only with an American name. So whatever Mitsubishi was selling with the Eclipse, these guys had whatever. And I took a brand new one off the fucking floor and I took it up there. I think I was meeting some girl and I wanted to impress her, some bullshit. And not two minutes when I get to this fucking gig in Wyoming, I see a fucking snowflake like this big. Like one of those big motherfuckers just lands. Like I could see it all the way down. I'm like, that's a big ass snowflake. And once it touched my glass, like a thousand of those motherfuckers were everywhere. And I went in, I think I was emceeing. So I had to do my 15, bring up the Rick Kearns, and then bring up, I forget who the headliner was. And that night, they were like, guys, it's coming down. If you guys want to spend the night here. It was one of those two-footer snows in Wyoming. They fuck comes down down there. And I'll never forget getting in that fucking car. And flying down I-70 or wherever the fuck I was. And at one point, I couldn't see because there was so much snow and I pulled over. And I, I'll never forget this. I pulled over, but I could see there was a gas station there. And I'm like, maybe I'll go over there and get something to eat and stop. But I go, I, I need to stop over here because I couldn't fucking see anymore. The, the snow was coming down at a high rate. And all of a sudden, I smell fucking smoke. Right? And I'm just sitting there. The car is on. I'm just relaxing. I smell fucking smoke. And I'm like, where the fuck is this smoke coming from? It's a brand new car. It's a brand new fucking car. Why should this car be smoking? I swear to God, I get out of the fucking car. And I can hear like crumpling paper. Like when paper's burning. There was a fire under the fucking hood, guys. And I'm talking about, it reminded me of trains, planes, and automobiles. And it was one of those type of nights, only with heavier fucking snow. My God, guys. I'll never forget looking at the car, and it started burning and burning, and then fire was coming out of the hood and shit. The car was still running. I just happened to go in there and get my fucking bag out of there. I sat there for about 15 minutes like a fucking snowman while that car just burned and burned. And I didn't know if it was going to blow up or not. I go, I'm not going to be here for when it fucking blows. I walked that fucking half a mile to that gas station. I went in there, and guys, I looked over like an hour later, and that car was on fire, and fucking fire trucks were there. I'm like, holy shit, how am I going to get home? So I paid one of the guys, and he's like, we're just leaving now. We'll pick you up. What happened to your car? I go, you'll see when you get me at the gas station. <laughs> And that was the end of that. I guess I had to quit that fucking job. There was no chance of coming back. I had to call. I, had to, I just called Jim on Monday and go, your car's in Wyoming. Get it towed. What happened to it? It lit up on fire. I don't know what happened. He called me a few days later. He wasn't mad at me. It was like the timing chain or some shit that happened. Yeah, so. But that's where we're at today, cocksuckers. It's Thanksgiving week. And uh, I don't want to take up all your time. You know, I don't do a fucking hour no more. If I got 40 minutes to talk, I talk for 40 minutes. If I got 20 minutes, I talk for 20 minutes. If we got two hours, we'll talk for fucking two hours. I like these Monday short ones just to give you the train of thought of what I'm thinking about. You get it and you fucking move on with your fucking life. The key word today is not to quit dick, guys. It's not good for you. It creates bad fucking habits, and he'll follow you. Listen, I quit at 16, and it followed me to fucking 28. 28 was when I quit doing fucking, uh, when I quit 
quitting things that were good for me. Don't quit. Don't ever quit anything. Stick with it. You know, stick with it. Just stick with it. Guys, I fucking struggled a lot with comedy, guys. And my feelings were hurt a lot along the way. And there was many a days where I was like, I'm going to get a fucking day job. But then I would go, if I quit, that's going to put me back on the level I was 10 years ago. That's going to put me back on a different level. I'm going to keep doing this, whether it's success, whether it's TV, or whether it's just having a job for the next 30 years. That was my fucking goal. And that's how you have to look at it. I didn't look at it for success. I didn't look at it. Did you see Dave Grohl on the Hollywood fucking thing playing with... Uh, the guy from the Commodores, Dave Grohl has to stay home. He's got to start staying home. Start staying home, cocksucker. Anyway, that's it and that's that. I love you motherfuckers with all my heart. I will see you Wednesday morning, tip-top Magoo, so you have something to go on Thanksgiving. Have a great day. Uh, stay black. I love you. And now for a word from my motherfucking sponsors, Jack. All right, I want to thank you guys today for putting up with my shit. Just remember, don't quit. But before I go... I want to shout out my sponsors. First off, CBD Lion. It's got a Black Friday sale. 35% off. You heard me right. 35 motherfucking percent off. That's how we roll at CBD Lion. Whether it's the tincture, the bat ball, the kinesiology tape, the Delta 8, the gummies, everything they got, I like. So go to CBDLion.com. Press and code Joey, joint or church, and get your 35% off. Let me tell you something. Those Delta 8 gummies are a fucking steal for 35% off. The joint is also brought to you by the freeze pipe. Listen, we're all dreaming of a nice fucking cold Christmas. This is the time of the year you lay a bong on somebody, but not just any bong. The freeze pipe. This is a fucking bong. You freeze it, you pack it up, and you smoke some reefer until you see fucking Jesus. The hot smoke passes through the frozen part, cooling down the smoke as you inhale. Who's better than you? Nobody. I love my motherfucking bubbler. I fill that fucking thing up. I take that chamber out of the freezer, and I knock myself into Gaga Google land. Freeze pipe cools down the smoke by hundreds of degrees so it won't burn your throat. And the new freeze pipe is even better for 2023. They've updated their bong so you have six independent freezing calls for even better airflow and much easier cleaning experience. Your Uncle Joey's taking care of you. So go to the freeze pipe, press in code Joey to save 10% off your first order. That's get yourself a new bong, pipe, or bubbler. That's the T-H-E freezepipe.com. Pressing code Joey. The joint is also brought to you by the fucking DraftKings. Listen, you dirtbags. It starts tonight. DraftKings, the official sports betting part of the NFL, is Uncle Joey's go-to when betting the NFL this holiday season or tonight, Monday night. We got some great games tonight. We got some great Dallas Cowboys on fucking Dallas against the... Whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck they're playing on Thanksgiving Day. You got Buffalo. Listen, right now, everybody can step up, earn 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook, download it, and place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, which are the best on DraftKings, and point totals. But it starts with you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code Joey. Place $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. 
and get 100 in free bets when they do. It's that easy. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Joey, J-O-E-Y. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I want to thank The Freeze Pipe, DraftKings, and Black Friday CBD line, 35% off. I want to thank you fucking savages, and I'll see you Wednesday morning. Tip top Magoo. Stay black, and I love you.